0: How's it going, Pokemon fans? And yeah, let's talk about Gen 9, Pokemon's latest generation, at the time of this recording. And my god, was it heavily mixed. People either love it, hate it, or somewhere in the middle like me, especially when it comes to the characters and the Pokemon they use. If you guys recall back in Season 4, I did an episode where I fixed the teams of most of the Gym Leaders, Elite Four members, and even the Champions, from Kanto all the way to Galar, because Gen 9 wasn't out during that time. And that episode was a lot of fun, and I've been meaning to do a sequel of some sorts. Well, now that Gen 9 is over, how are the teams this time. Not too bad, actually, but there's always room for improvement. In this episode, I'm gonna give new teams to most of the characters from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet preferably the Gym Leaders, Elite Four, and Champions. I'm also including the Rivals and other important characters so this episode isn't too short. Like before, I'll be choosing Pokemon based on ones they used during the main story, post-game, or ones I personally see fit them best. But if a character has a perfect team in my opinion, I'll be skipping that said character. The format will be a hybrid between my first episode and my Project Hubay episode. In this case, the first three Gym Leaders will have three Pokemon, the last five will have four Pokemon, the lead four members who have five Pokémon, and of course the champions and rivals have a full team of six Pokémon. Though this format may change depending on who I'm talking about, and I'm only sticking with Pokémon that are available within Scarlet and Violet, including ones added to the DLC. Remember, whatever I say is just my opinion, so if you disagree with any of these teams, that's fine. I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and these are my changes to the teams from Pokémon Scarlet and Violet. As usual, we'll begin with the gym leaders, starting with Katie, the Bug type leader. Her team will be Nimble, Combi, and Bug Terra Teddy Ursa. Yeah, it's pretty much the same team she has in her gym battle, except I add Combi because the way it makes honey could work well with Katie's baking job. Next up we have Brassius, the Grass type leader. His team will be Bramblegas, Nuzleaf, and Grass Terra Sudowudo. Let's be honest, Brassius had a lame ass team in the base game, so the most logical thing was to get rid of his useless Smolith and with other Grass types. Bramble Gas and its thorny appearance kinda matches the thorns Brassius has on his clothes. And Nussley, with its dark typing, is there to represent the cold and somewhat sinister nature Brassius has. Next, we have everyone's favorite Twitch streamer, E Man the Legendary. Just kidding, it's actually Iono. Please check me out on Twitch when you have the chance. <laughs> anyway, this electric type sensation will be shocking everyone with Bowie Bolt, Magneton, and Electric Terra Mismagius. The new addition is Magneton to represent those sentient Magnemite hair clips she has. Why the fuck didn't they give this Pokemon to her in the base game is beyond me. What's even worse is that the DLC could've fixed this by giving her a Magnezone during a rematch, but alas, that wasn't the case. Up next, we have Kovu, the Water-type leader. His team will be Veluza, Tatsugiri, Lantern, and Water Terra Corbominable. The new additions are Tatsugiri and Lantern. The latter is there to handle any electric moves thanks to Volt Absorb, but Tatsugiri is a different case. Don't you guys find it weird that the Water-type leader, who makes sushi for a living, doesn't use the new Pokémon that's based off sushi? Come on! It's right fucking there! Hell, the DLC didn't even bother to fix that, which is a real shame. Now, which version of Tatsugiri would he have? I don't know. You guys decide. Hmm. Moving on to the Normal-type leader, aka the best gym leader in the game, Larry, aka Matt from Geeks Crossing. Hmm. For those who don't know, there's a recurring joke on this podcast where Matt is very similar to Larry, in which they both love the normal and flying type, work full time jobs, and still have time to play Pokemon. And Matt, if you're listening, you can definitely vouch for me. Shout out to Matt. Love you, buddy. Anyway, what's Larry's team this time? Male Oikalong, Furret, Dudunsparce, and Normal Terra Staraptor. As you can probably tell, Larry's team mostly features early route Pokemon, which I think is perfect because of how average this man is. A kindred soul, though. <laughs> Our next gym leader is Rhyme. Ghost-type leader, terrorizing her opponents with Bayonet, Houndstone, Goldingo, and Ghost Terra Toxtricity, low-key form. The new addition is Goldingo because it's another Ghost-type from Paldea. Also, it's a Pokemon that's made out of money, and what do most rappers like to make songs about? Money. Simple. Then we have Tulip, who, despite having a name that's fading towards the Grass-type, is actually a Psychic-type user. Her team will be Ferrigarath, Oricorio, Pua Style, and Psychic Terra Florges. Aside from the Gardevoir she uses in a rematch battle, I went with the Psychic variant of Oricorio to represent those weird little wings she has on her dress. Wrapping up the gym leaders is Gersha. I hope I said that right. The Ice-type leader, who honestly has a solid team, so we'll skip him and move on to the Elite Four. One major change I went with was making their Ace Pokemon not share the same type that they specialize in. You'd think they would do that for the Elite Four like they did with the gym leaders! But whatever, this is Pokemon. Shit doesn't make sense half the time. Hmm. Our first Elite 4 member is Rika, the Ground-type user. Her team will be Fan, Flygon, Sanaconda, Claude's and Ground Terra Earthworm. Orthworm, or however the fuck you say this. As much as I love Camerupt and Wishcash, Flygon is a better option for her team in my opinion. Additionally, Sanaconda with its sand ability can set up a sandstorm and raise the defense stat for her whole team. As for Orthworm, come on, that thing is literally a Ground-type cosplaying as a Steel-type! Doesn't help that can learn a bunch of different Ground-type moves via level-up, but hey, at least giving it the ground Terror type will help reach its full potential. And shout-out again to Matt for explaining why giving this Pokémon the Steel-type makes absolutely no sense. Speaking of Steel-types, next up we have Poppy, who I'm still surprised that they allowed a small child to be part of Paldea's Elite Four. Then again, Gen 5 introduced the Preschooler class, and this is the same series where the fate of the world lies within the hands of a child. Whatever, that's Pokemon in a nutshell. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, Poppy's team will be... Caparaja, Bronzong, Agron, Tinkaton, and Steel Terra Golurk. With the exception of Tinkaton, most of her team consists of bulky Steel-types, and unlike Earthworm, Golurk looks more like a Steel-type, so I think it's a perfect Pokemon for her to terrestrialize. Then we have Larry slash Madigan, who this time will use flying types like I mentioned before. Starraptor, Pelipper, Kilowattrol, Fomigo, and Flying Terra De Dunsparce. Once again, I'm giving Larry early route Pokemon, but this time they have more coverage. We have Pelipper for coverage against Rock-types, and Kilowattrol for its Volt ability to handle any electric moves. I also gave us De Dunsparce, the Flying Terra-type to represent those little wings it has. Makes you wonder why the fuck this Pokemon is in part flying to begin with, but I digress. Our last Elite Four member is Hassle, the Dragon-type user. His team will be Dragalgee, Flatbull, Cyclazar, Garchomp, and Dragon Terra Gyarados. Hey, where's Bexcalibur? Don't worry, I got other plans for that Pokemon. Until then, let's give him another pseudo legendary. And Garchomp is arguably the most busted pseudo legend, if it doesn't Mega Evolve, that is. God, I miss that mechanic so much. Cyclazar is here because it's another dragon type from Paldea, and I don't see Tatsugiri working for him. Besides, he doesn't need another dragon type that looks like food. Meanwhile, Gyarados is often associated with the dragon type, despite not actually sharing that type, i.e., Lance and Claire, so it makes perfect sense to give it the dragon terror type. At long last, we reached Gita, the champion Paldea. Not only was her battle painfully easy, but her team was pretty bad if I'm being honest. Granted, the DLC made her more challenging, but I think I can give her a better team Glamora, Espartha, Chestnut, Milotic, Baxcalibur, and Flying Terra King Gambit. Yes, like a lot of people, I can 100% agree that making Glamora her ace was fucking dumb. Especially when you consider its ability to set up Toxic Spikes whenever it's hit by a physical move. With an ability like that, don't you think it's better to use that Pokemon first instead of last? At least the game developers realized that the DLC. Same thing goes for making King Gambit her final Pokemon and the one she terrestrializes, considering its ability Supreme Overlord, which gives an attack boost for every fallen member in the party. So yeah, sending out King Gambit last will guarantee plus 5 in attack and the Flying Terror type will ever resist fighting moves and give it immunity to ground moves. Despite my dislike towards Chestnog, it does have better stats compared to go so I can see why they gave her one. Milotic is there because it's a much better water-type compared to Velusa. Also, I don't know if it's just me, but Milotic seems to be a very common Pokemon used by important female characters. Especially in the modern games, Gita is technically one of them, so why not give her a Milotic as well? Then we have Baxcalibur, who will be our pseudo-legendary for the team. Don't get me wrong, I love Dragapult, it's one of my absolute favorites, but would it make more sense for the champion Paldea to use the Suo Legendary from her own region? Just saying. Alright, it's time to move on to your rivals. Starting with Nimona, her team will be Meow Skirada, Polytoad, Infernape, Gudra, and Ice Terra Pomont. In my opinion, Sprigakato is the starter that fits Nimona the best, thanks to its feisty nature, which is also why Infernape is there. Also, it's one of the few non-Paldea starters she has access to in the DLC. Polytoad is there to represent her positive and upbeat personality, and Psychozar is a Pokemon she hinted of having when explaining how he could ride it across the region. Without a doubt, the biggest change I made was making Palmoth the Pokemon she terrestrializes, because it's technically her main Pokemon aside from one of the starters, but I gave it the Ice Terror type to combat any ground or flying types. Our next rival is Arvin, who honestly has a solid team, but I'm only making two changes. First, I'm getting rid of that stupid-ass Greedun and giving him Blissey, which, objectively speaking, is a much better normal type. Plus, Blissey has the personality of a caring parent, something that Arvin never had. And his Boba will have the fairy type to resist any bug or fighting moves. Then we have Penny, who also has a perfect team, except her Sylveon will have the ground type to combat any poison or steel types. Now, this would be the part where I go over the admins of Team Star, if I actually gave a shit about those characters. So we're skipping them and talking about Clavell. God, I hope I said that right. Skeledurge? Pulti, guys. River Room, Empoleon, Amoongus, and Fairy Terra Orangaroo. Yeah, it's pretty much the same team, with a few changes. First off, I think Coco fits Cavell the best due to its burning passion for his job and his students. No pun intended. Plus, with the amount of times he helps out during the Team Star missions, it's likely he would catch his own River Room. Empoleon is a Pokemon that's known for being a ruler, which goes on well with Cavell's job of being in charge of the Pokemon Academy. And in my opinion, Oranguru feels like the more appropriate Pokemon for Cavell to terrestrialize given how they both have similar personalities. Except I gave it the Fairy Terror type to help resist any bug or dark moves. Unfortunately, Clavel is the only faculty member that will be featured in this episode, because there's a lot of teachers in this game, and I don't think anyone gives two shits about them to be honest. So we're skipping all of them and going on to the two main antagonists, AI Professor Sada and Toro, respectively. Truth be told, their teams are actually really good, but I think I can make them a little bit better. For Sada, I'm giving her Fluttermane, Sandy Shocks, Roaring Moon, Walking Wake, Raging Thunder, and Gouging Fire. And for Toro, I'm giving him Iron Hands, Iron Jungulus, Iron Valiant, Iron Leaves, Iron Crown, and Iron Boulder. Yes, it's a little lazy that I'm giving him the Paradox Legendary Beast and Swords of Justice respectively, but when you really think about it, there's some of the most rare Paradox Pokemon within Area Zero, so wouldn't it make more sense to give him those Pokemon instead of the ones you normally see in Area Zero? Just saying. Alright, now that we've gone through most of the important trainers in the base game, let's move on to ones introduced in the DLC. Starting with Carmen, her team will be Mighty Ana, Morpeko, Levani, Charizard, Dragonite, and Rock Terra Sinsacha. Oh my god, I probably butchered that. The new additions are Charizard and Dragonite. Aside from my obvious favoritism, Charizard are Pokemon that are known for asserting dominance, much like how Carmen does. Despite that, She does care about her brother, which is why I gave her Dragonite. Much likely Vanny, it has a caring personality. More on that little shit later. Hmm. Also, I'm giving her Sinsucha the Rock Terror type to resist any flying or ice moves. And since we're talking about Carmen, I might as well talk about the Blueberry Academy's Elite Four. Once again, for some weird-ass reason, they made their ace Pokemon share the same type they specialize in. So that's definitely worth changing. Not only will they still have full teams of six, but they'll each use at least one Pokemon from Paldea because they're technically Gen 9 characters, so it makes sense in my head. Penny, of course, being the only exception, along with someone else, which I'll save for later. Until then, let's go over the Blueberry Elite 4, starting with Crispin, the Fire-type expert. His team will be Magmortar, Rotom, Skullvillain, Talonflame, Blaziken, and Fire Terra Executor. The new addition is Skullvillain because it's a Pokemon based off spicy peppers, which is perfect for this guy's taste in spicy food. And Executor is the only Pokemon he has that isn't a Fire-type, so it makes sense to give it the Fire-Terror-type as opposed to Blaziken. Don't worry Blaziken, I still love you. Next, we have Armoris, the Steel-type expert. She'll use Skarmory, Scizor, Orthworm, Empoleon, Metagross, and Steel-Terror-Uniquelas. The same team except Orthworm is there instead of alone in Dugtrio, mainly thanks to its ability Earth-Eater and its access to Ground-type moves makes it more viable. Also, I still hate Alone Duck trio, but that's besides the point. Hmm. Additionally, Riyuniquis will be given the Steel Terra type instead of Metagross. Sorry Metagross. Then we have Lacey, who uses Fairy types. And she actually has an Ace Pokemon that doesn't share the same type as her specialty. Even so, her team went through a couple of changes. Gardevoir, Tinkaton, Sylveon, Dedene, Primarina, and Fairy Terra Excadrill. Okay, that was a lot of changes, but don't worry, I'll explain. Gardevoir is there for coverage against Poison-types. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking giving her Glarian Slowbro. Tinketun is the obligatory Gen 9 Pokemon for this concept. Sylveon is basically the mascot of Fairy-types, so why not give one to Lacey? And Dedenne is there as a nod-slash-replacement for the Pulse of Mining she uses in the first battle we have with her. However, Excadrill with the fairy Terror type is perfect, especially since it's the ace Pokemon of her father, Clay. Wrapping up the Elite Four, we have Draco, who, like his grandfather Draden, is a Dragon-type expert. For his team, I went with Salamence, Haxorus, Kingdra, Gudra, Archaludon, or however you pronounce this shit, and Dragon Terra Septile. Don't get me wrong, I love flygon but I think Salamence will be a better fit for his team. Although, keeping Haxorus is already a given given that's his grandfather's ace. Gudra is there as the perfect partner for Kingdra. Think about it. If it sets up Rain Dance, it not only activates its Hydration ability, but also Kingdra's Swim ability. Then we have Sceptile, the only non-Dragon type on his team. Even so, giving it the Dragon Terror type will be a nice reference to the awesome and underappreciated Mega Sceptile. God, I miss Mega Evolution so much. Last but not least, we have the Champion of the Blueberry Academy, Kernan. Despite my hatred towards him, I'll be nice enough to change up his team. You have Nega, Poliwrath, Hydragon, Incineroar, Mimikyu and fighting Terra Hydrapple, it's pretty much a mix between both teams he has in Part 1 and 2, but with a few changes. First off, I think Hydragon is a much more aggressive pseudo Legendary for him to have instead of Dragonite. That's kind of another reason why I gave Carmen a Dragonite as well. But the new addition is Mimikyu because its backstory kind of relates to Kernan, with Mimikyu trying so hard to be like Pikachu to eventually becoming jealous and resentful of that yellow rodent. That's exactly what Kernan went through, starting off by idolizing you before becoming a whiny little shit who hates your guts. But, we actually have a few more characters to discuss. Our 2nd last character is actually the secret boss of the Blueberry Academy. That's right, we're talking about Cryano. Cyrano. Again, however you pronounce these names. <laughs> his team will be... Superior, Gothitell, Embor, Braviary, Samurai, and Steel Terra Volcarona. Because the Blueberry Academy is set in Unova, it makes sense for his team to comprise of Gen 5 Pokemon. Aside from giving him the starters like the did in canon... I gave him Braviary because it's a much better flying type compared to Mandibuzz, don't even fucking deny it. And giving him a Focorona would be paying homage to Alter, the OG champion of Unova. Plus, the Steel Terror type can help him resist rock and flying moves. Alright, it's the moment you've been waiting for, the final character, or I should say, characters. Florian and Juliana. Yeah, I'm fucking serious. For those who don't know, they're the default names of the male and female protagonists, respectively. I thought it'd be fun to end this episode by giving them each a team as well. I know this idea is very subjective because at the end of the day, you're in control of these two, so you get to decide what teams they should have. For me, though, I narrowed my choices based on a few gift Pokemon we receive and other picks that might be questionable. Without further ado, what possible team do I see Florian and Juliana using? Quaquaval, Armourouge slash Cerulege, Raichu, Torterra, Shiny Snorlax, and Coriodon slash Moriodon. Honorable mentions go to Ogrepan and Torapagos because we canonically catch them, but I'm trying my best not to give them more than one legendary. Anyway, because I gave Nomona Sprigakato, and Clavel Foycoco, the most logical thing to do was make Quaxly their canonical starter. As for who gets what version exclusive, Juliana will get Armouridge and Coriodon, while Florian will get Cerulej and Moriodon. I know the two motor dragons are only used for transportation purposes, but they're still technically their Pokemon throughout the game and you do use them during the final battle against the AI Professors, so why not officially make them part of their teams? I know, Raichu may sound like a weird choice, but it's there to pay homage to Red, who canonically has Pikachu for his team. But we're not talking about Red or even Ash Ketchum, so let's show Raichu some more love than anyone else would. Besides, if Raichu could work for Brendan May's team for the Gen 3 remakes, I don't see why these two can't have one as well. Meanwhile, Torterra is there to represent the Poke Egg we get from Jock which will hatch into one of the Sinnoh starters. And since Nimona has Infernape and Covell has Empoleon, it only made sense to get these two Turtwig. Besides, it's very likely Jock could have given the same Poke Egg to Covell and Nimona, which will explain why they have the fully evolved Sinnoh starters. Last but not least, we have the Shiny Snorlax as a reference to the Shiny Munchlax we get at Kitagami. Actually, this might be the first time I feature a Shiny in any of these episodes. Oh well, it was bound to happen eventually. And those are all the teams I would give to each character from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, or at least most of them. (laughs) Now this begs the question, am I going to do the exact same thing when Gen 10 eventually comes out? You know what, why the hell not? I'm sure there's going to be at least one team that's questionable. But until then, if you can change any of the teams from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, what would they be? Let us know in our Discord server or DM us on Instagram, at GeeksCrossing. Continue to listen to us on all available listening platforms, such as Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. Check us out on Twitch at E the Legendary, Nuclear Bacons, Crypto Games and Carabyte. Also tell your friends and family about us, especially any Pokemon fans you know. Thank you for listening and stay true to your geek selves.